0: Dueling genre.
1: welcome to the jay and silent bob minute where we are covering the movie chasing amy one minute at a time today we are covering minute 16 which is quite possibly the greatest mr weatherby minute ever i'm jeff ferry and i'm chris therkatch
0: you're chris durkach and i'm jim O'Kane. from uh well you know me from the rocketeer minute and apollo 13 minute and, uh, probably a bunch of other minutes i can't even remember right now but thanks guys for having me on again mm-hmm. for another uh, kevin smith uh, interlude
1: and interlude is what it is uh you're coming in like at the end of a scene into the next scene so this is these are always interesting transitions when we're doing movies by minutes <laughs> when you're like hey do you want to comment on that character you're going to see for two and a half seconds <laughs> Speaking of which, this minute starts with Alyssa leaving and stops with Hooper dropping some knowledge. Uh, uh, so, uh, we can, we'll throw you the softball question first. Uh, when did you first see Chasing Amy?
0: Uh, when it first came out, I was—I uh, had been following Kevin Smith's films. I had missed—I had missed Clerks in—in um, in the, you know, in theaters, but I watched it on VHS, and then I started catching up i was chasing kevin basically so uh by the time uh by the time chasing amy had come out i thought i'll, I'll go see i'll go see this and then uh, i watched it and i was like uh my overall opinion was it was a bit stale um it was it wasn't up to the typical kevin smith uh i, I was I, I think he was still he, he was kind of riding the dial and trying to figure out where he wanted to be as a filmmaker
1: he which was, is funny because i would say I think Chris just fell down a flight of steps.
0: Well, actually, I'm sorry. That was my fault. That was my modem. Apologies to everybody. But we've still got a connection, so thank God for that. Well, yeah.
1: Usually, at this point, Chris is drunk and falls down. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Th- at the time, the, pre- <laughs> the prevailing thought at the time was this was his best movie. Like, oh, he's returned to form after that bad mall rats performance. Ah. And I would say, almost without fail, every single person we've had on this year we get him on, and they're like, "Oh, this is not as good as I thought it was," or "I remember this being a lot better."
0: Yeah, I I didn't get that. I, to me, it was like he wanted to go back to indie roots, and he was trying to get as far away from Wallrats as possible. And he did get as far away from Wallrats as possible, but it still it had he needed like he needed a Spielberg to his Lucas, and he didn't have somebody you know saying, "Hey, you know, might want to pull it back a little bit and make it a little bit more." Uh, entertaining unless uh reading the script. That 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 was the feeling I had.
1: Yeah, it, I and I don't think that really happened for him until Dogma. Yeah. Where he finally realized like, "Oh, I can let the actors do things too instead of just line reading it at them?" <laughs>
0: uh yeah, he it, it it's not he I don't I don't think he trusted himself yet. So Yeah.
1: Well, and he says when I've had inter- an inter- interview about Dogma, he'll say like, "Was I going to tell Chris Rock and George Carlin how to be funny?" Yeah. He fi- he finally stepped into the you know the ring with the big boys who were like you're not going to tell Alan Rickman how to act.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> he's like uh, yeah okay, you just yeah. give me the words, little man, and I'll make it work.
0: I want I want to. We're probably going to be uh, discussing th- this. I have I have a major thesis about chasing Amy about the whole movie.
1: This oh, little known fact, uh, Jim O'Kane did his master's degree his, or his uh his his doctorate about this. <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> not quite. Well, it was. It just kind of morphed into something else to do with orbital mechanics. But, you know, uh, but it started out looking at this. Uh, This is, we're in 1997, and I think Kevin Smith is trying to come up with a plot. He's trying to come up with a script, and he's got the radio on, and he goes to the same place that I go for. And you can ask my kids, I am dead serious about this. Most of my philosophy comes from the lyrics and the uh, uh, filmography of the Spice Girls. And uh, from what I, if if you really want to boil it down, and I, I I'm sorry if I'm going to wreck the whole movie for you here, uh, but he gets the entire plot of this movie from a Spice Girls song, and it's "Wannabe," and it's the simple thing is if you want my future, forget my past.
1: Wow! I, it, well, please tell me that's just, and then you just you just paused for applause at that point. Yeah, yeah. In front right. of in front of everybody. <laughs> it is i mean this it, it, it's one of those things it hits you
0: like a like a diamond bullet as uh as colonel kurtz would say just uh <laughs> yeah that's i think he was listening to spice girls music and he said that's a plot of a movie yeah
1: what would have really interested me is if they hadn't cut his budget to nothing what this movie would have looked like hmm. i mean i don't know if it would have been significantly different except for they would have been in better locations <laughs> and yeah. i don't i still don't know if he was a big not big enough uh a seasoned enough filmmaker to not do shots like the one that I just endured for the last week when they were playing darts.
0: Oh yeah. Well, he, I mean, he loves the tripod. He loves just parking the parking the camera and let everything happen in front of it. Like a,
1: like a proscenium
0: arch and uh, always goes for the wide shots. I mean, it's the minute that we're in right now, we're looking at, you know, the back, the back wall, the, uh, the, the, two restrooms and, uh, and all the action happens in front with people coming on stage and off stage. Um, I maybe, yeah, you know, more money might have ruined it. He might have bought a steady you know, rented a steady cam. He might have gotten a Chapman crane and, and made all these dynamic shots, but it's not him. He he's a
1: screenwriter who films the screenplays he writes. Well and he makes no bones about it. I wanna hear people say my words. I don't care. Like I I don't he's like he's the opposite of young George Lucas. Yeah. Where George Lucas is like, doesn't matter what they say, it's all about what's up on screen. <laughs> and and Kevin's like, I don't care what the camera's doing. Say what I told you to say. Now, he changed his tune eventually, but he used to be the kind of guy where it was like, um, you didn't say it exactly the way I wrote it. We got to do it again and wouldn't yeah. give the actors any room to like, you know, make it, you know, to even change up minor words. He was that guy.
0: Yeah, he uh, and I, I think he trusted a cinematographer, but not in moving the camera. There were no there's, you know, there's so little motion
1: in this thing. And, and, it, and that guy went on to like real jobs it's yeah. not like he didn't have the talent
0: yeah it's just he, he wasn't he, he was just told you know, <laughs> to remain in place it's like it's like owning a maserati and keeping it in the garage but yeah um,
1: i wonder if you're a good cinematographer and you're working for kevin smith are you like man this is easy money just sitting here doing nothing or are you like i wish this guy would just let me move this freaking camera
0: wow <laughs> <laughs> well you know maybe he's reading um uh you know, French New Wave and thinking, Oh, this guy's an auteur, I gotta I gotta do what he says. Yeah. <laughs> just, just make it come out right on the on the camera.
1: Yeah, maybe this guy's just way ahead of the curve. Uh. Alright. Well I'll try to talk about the minute. I mean there's just not a lot there. Uh, Alyssa leaves. So enjoy your moment of Joey Lauren Adams, who is usually the best thing on screen if Hooper's not around. She leaves and Holden does the I'm the guy long and after the girl look. <laughs> <laughs> Which really you normally, selling it, yeah. You normally only see that in cinema, not so yeah. much in life. If a guy really looked at a girl like this for that long, you are like, dude, what's wrong with you? Like him, you are creeping I mean, her and everyone yeah. out. Yeah,
0: it's it, definitely a nine one one seizure time. He's just something, <laughs> something going on. But you know, Kevin selling him to sell it. I guess and <laughs> he's selling it like it's in the back row.
1: Well, I mean, I know there is a lot of uh, split opinion on Affleck. I, I think he's at his base his. His normal is, like, average. Like, he's good. He could be great. He could be bad. But, like, he's usually watchable somewhere in there. I always feel he just needs, like, a little – he's not that guy that's, like, every time he shows up, he's an A-plus performer. He needs to be molded a little bit. He needs some direction.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think, like like you were saying earlier, that Kevin Smith is like, I don't care. Just say the words that I'm sa- telling you. And he's sa- saying it, you know, like, they might have done this in three takes, and this was the best of the three takes um it's just it's it's just a little bit frustrated how big the performance is and this performance needs to be a little bit smaller
1: yeah. well the thing yeah the thing i don't like about the thing that hurts him in this movie is he appears to be in a 90s indie movie yeah and then jason lee and dwight yule walk in and they're in a different film yeah <laughs> a, a film that i want to watch
0: <laughs> yeah they're in some kind of buddy cop movie almost it's just <laughs> it's like a blake edwards thing and
1: like I see these two guys come in and like Jason Lee got a lot of work, but I'm like, where was Dwight Yule all my life? Like, why was he not getting more work?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's stunning. And his whole presence, he just got this if you if you watch his whole body turns. Whenever he does things, he doesn't have any jumpy moves. He's always just like a well-oiled machine turning. Yeah. He's he's directing directing things going on.
1: And um, you can just see he's just he's that friend who knows how to tweak the other friend. The other friend's being bombastic he's losing his mind and he's just going deny 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 just twisting the knife a little bit at the guy
0: yeah that's that's his uh yeah (laughs) pulling the wings off fly kind of a thing here we go (laughs) let's he just just like waving the waving the pork chop in front of the hungry dog um and they're they've been friends a long time right i mean i get more more than just more than just they're all in the same industry I, i get the feeling you know he he hooper went to Hooper went to school with these guys, like you know, grade school.
1: Yeah. Well, what we were wondering before was we we're trying to when we were trying to figure out what level of friendship they were. We assume that Banky and Holden have been friends. They're best friends. They've been friends for a long, long time. And it seems that Holden and Hooper are good friends. We're not sure how close Hooper and Banky are.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that. What, yeah, that's like the side what of the triangle.
1: Now, Holden and Hooper hang out together. But would Banky and Hooper ever hang out together? Well, they just did, though. I mean, I guess they did, but that was more of an argument. Yeah. <laughs> they went sideways.
0: Uh, yeah. Before the internet, they had to go and actually go look for source material. So they like,
1: I, I have heard some this – is, this is one of those movies that, because of its subject matter, gets revisited. Yeah. <laughs> and every five years or so, it gets revisited. And, you know, as the culture changes, it – it starts to slide away from where it used to be, where it was kind of ahead of the curve, and now it looks like it's starting to head in the dinosaur land. Yeah. So Jason Lee takes some pounding in this movie from the way he acts, and I try to explain to people. In 1997, uh, I realize he used some colorful language at this guy's expense, but just the fact that he had an openly gay friend and was totally fine with that still would have put him above 90% of the people.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's... I, it, I, I can't... like. I don't know what circles they're traveling in. I mean, we're, it's, it, it, uh, you know, Banky's kind of questioning. He's, he's, I, I, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want to admit to himself, but he, he's, he's a bit curious or questioning and he doesn't, he doesn't act on it. Um, but he doesn't know that, or maybe he does. I, I, I can't figure, figure the relationship there.
1: Well, I think that's the whole thing is he can't yeah. either. So that's yeah. why he, he, he seems to be completely lost. Yeah, and when he loses, like Holden's like his anchor, so he's just kind of doing whatever he does. And once that falls apart at the end of this movie, like that's it for him.
0: On a, on a practical question, what time is it? What what
1: time? Oh, of it's night late because when they finally leave, it's like two, two or three. So it, it is interesting that they were able to go buy Archie comics so from somewhere. <laughs> I guess it was an all night store.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like yeah, yeah. It's the the places that sell Archie would probably would have been closed long ago.
1: I, I, I uh, I must say honestly I've never I've never purchased an Archie comic. I assume i read one because I've been in a barbershop which I am assuming is the only place where they are.
0: Well, I I grew up in Westchester uh, Westchester County, New York, you know where the X-Men live and uh, <coughs> Uh, this was in my. I, I I was born in born in my early life was in New Jersey, but then I lived in uh, Westchester, and Archie Comics was published in uh, I think it was Yonkers or down, down that way, South Westchester County. So basically, every store had Archie <laughs> Comics. I mean, there were tons of them everywhere. You couldn't get escape. Archie was like the the suburban uh, comic book of every grocery store and, uh, and convenience store uh, in that part of the world. So. I I can't I can't imagine it would be very difficult to find Archie comics. Although I I, I really don't know even in the '90s if Archie was still readily available. Oh, um, you know, and that that the first the, the Silver Age well, kind of uh,
1: Archie comic. And I would have said Archie was going to die, but then I would have been wrong because then Riverdale came around.
0: Yeah, yeah. Who would have Who would have? Spotted yeah, that like
1: one? I will. I have not watched that show and will never watch that show. But I mean, people know who. But I, I'm assuming anybody who watches that show and picks up an Archie comic is going to be sorely disappointed in in the subject matter.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, the new Archie, the the reboot comics, my wife loves them. She said it's very – she said it's dark. It's got all kinds of different interplays and stuff. She said it's like a big soap opera. I I haven't read it. Just being
1: being familiar with the old Archie comics, imagining the gritty reboot of them is difficult.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think Sugar Sugar would come up as a song. (laughs) It's it's just very, uh, very odd. Um, I'm picturing more like uh, Donnie Darko, kind of of an Archie. It's not a bad take.
1: Yeah. And as the minute starts to close out, Banky starts giving him grief about, like, let's get out of here. And then he finds out there's a dent in the hood of his car because people were having sex on the hood of his car. Yeah. So, I mean, that that makes for a good evening for him. So he exits. And I will admit, the end of this last 15 seconds or so of this minute, I kind of get a little, I start to wonder about Hooper a little bit. Because he does something that, again, I feel like this kind of stuff only works in movies, where he asks him, like, hey, you like her, right? And he's like, yeah, you know, just, I kind of like her. And he's like, as long as that's all it is. He could just say right there, she's gay. Yeah. Just like if she was married, this is the time to tell him. Like, if she was married, you have to but say, hey, he li- she's married, just so you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and the, and the other side of it is, though, we see that he likes he's like a spider pulling people into his web i mean he, he did the whole thing with mr weatherby because he knew he could mess with uh,
1: you know it'll oh, bro- keep coming up he's got another and chance coming up where he could do something and he lets yeah, it go oh yeah yeah but
0: it's you know it's all it's all that like he he leaves little hints little allegations and stuff but then he doesn't follow up and he could have <laughs> he could have short short-circuited the, the entire plot of the rest of the movie yeah. right here but that doesn't happen
1: I mean, unless he knows, may, well, maybe he's privy to her full past, not the past that she's putting out there. So maybe he yeah. he has all the information. Yeah, I mean, he might have seen the year before. Oh, oh God, and
0: knows the whole story. Which you know, it's not. I mean, all these all these people seem to know each other, I and mean, they all grew up in Red Bank and and the environs, so they all know everybody else. I mean, they know, they know everybody from yeah. the other movies. So
1: yeah, it's uh, a it's a Kevin Smith small world. It's like yeah. Star Wars where you're, you're led to believe there's thousands of planets and hundreds of billions of people. And for some reason, the same five people keep getting involved in all the, all the stuff that's going on here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, no, having having you know grown up in, in New Jersey and New York, that is – it's yeah. true. The, only, the, the place I've seen this mostly was Rhode Island. Rhode Island is like that. You, if you meet anybody in Rhode Island, eventually you will find at least three other people that you and the person from Rhode Island have in common. It's, it's really peculiar.
1: All right. Well, I do not have anything else for this minute. Do you? no i mean we're gonna
0: we, we get we end with the uh postcard scene of red bank new jersey but we can talk about oh that yeah tomorrow. let's let's,
1: and, let's uh, dive into red bank tomorrow
0: <laughs> let's see yeah no that sounds good
1: all right uh why don't you tell the people where they can find you plug one of your uh seven or eight podcasts whatever you're doing now
0: <laughs> sure 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 well let, let's go with uh the most recent active one uh, we, we finished the rocketeer minute which was the 1991 uh, walt disney movie and we had some really great guests. and But we put the whole thing to bed. Uh, Hal, Brian, and I had finished and thought, ah, that's great. And then all of a sudden we get a message from uh, from Joe Johnston, the director of not only uh, The Rocketeer, but he also directed things like oh, little movies like Jumanji, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. And he, he said, I really love the show. Can I be on? So what do you know? We opened up the microphones and he came back uh, to talk to us for a solid week. And uh, as we're recording this uh, in September of 2019, uh, we're expecting to have the, that week of shows coming out probably the end of September of 2019. So if it's, if it's sometime after that, go uh, spin over to rocketeerminute.com and you can find the most recent uh, discussions with the man who actually designed the Millennium Falcon and Yoda's ears. Oh, well
1: I mean my my, uh, my plugs are gonna be quite a disappointment after that <laughs> uh, you can you can find us on tolling genre we will not be having anybody on from the movie or that's important except for well that's it I mean honestly so far this year Jim you're our biggest you're our biggest star
0: <laughs> you're in my prayers yeah', <laughs> so, yeah I'm sure I'm sure bigger and better things will come
1: yeah we don't look for them see that's the issue to reach it reach out,
0: to at, reach, reach out reach out for reach out to affleck the worst thing you can say is no that's what i tell yeah. everybody just you know you, you wave a headset at them and say
1: what well, we did i mean we did Please have a uh, we did have one bite last year for mall uh, one of the principal casts was thinking about coming on but uh let's just say we couldn't meet their price point <laughs> <laughs> i was like what you want to get paid uh i'm sorry i lose my email number <laughs> all right yeah check sound dueling genre you can listen to uh, we did Mall Rats before this and Clarks before that. They got plenty of other fine podcasts over there. Lots of Movies by Minutes. They got some Doctor Who stuff. They got an original program they do. It's great stuff. Go check it out. Go over there and maybe you can have a shared moment. Yo, I'll tell you what I want, what I really,
0: really want. Don't tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. Don't tell me what you want, what you really, really want. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna really, really, really wanna. If you want me. Fuck okay.